Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everyone. Episode 164 of Games My Mom Found. I am Mike Hubbard, and who's, who's an X-Fin with me tonight? Hi, everybody. I am the alternate universe clone who's secretly the twin brother of Scott Summers. This is Jake Terrell. How how are we doing, everybody? <laughs> and my other guest? I'm Blair Farrell from Comic Book Videos at Game. Comic Book Video Games.com. I can't remember the name of my own website. <laughs> and I'm here to talk about Super Street X Men Fight 2 Man X. Okay. So we are all here to talk about a game that. Actually, it means a lot to me. X-Men Mutant Apocalypse for Super Nintendo came out in 94 that will never be re-released. <laughs> so sad. Yeah, that it was last year. It was re-released? On the arcade one-up cabinet. Oh, uh... You had to pay $800 to pay and pay play it in Canada, but technically still re-released. <laughs> <laughs> Just drop a small fortune to be able to play this game from 1994. <laughs> Uh, eh, okay, I mean, you're not wrong, but eh, <laughs> I don't consider that being re-released. It's the Monkey's Paw re-release. That's a good like point. I'm, I did, okay, when I saw those arcade cabinets, I was like, okay, that that that's awesome, and part of me thought about it, but the only reason I wanted an arcade cabinet would be to rip out the guts and put a retro pie in, so I never bought an arcade cabinet. Oh, but, I have one in the living room. <laughs> I totally want to do that. That'd be great. I, I want to. I have the space, but I'm like, I'll never use it. <laughs> I've been a couple times, so I'm like, eh. See, I don't have the space. I made the space. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I had actually, this is, I think, one of my early X-Men, like, experiences with this game. A friend of mine back in the day had this game, and he would play it sometimes, and I'd watch him, and I always thought it was so cool. And then you had the X-Men cartoon around at the same time in America, so I remember watching that. And I also remember being confused, because in this game, you had a character, you had Psylocke, who was not in the X-Men cartoon at all, I don't think, or at least not very much. She probably had a guest appearance here and there, but she might not have even been named. But she yeah, I, I don't remember it. I mean, if she was in it, it wasn't any for any like long period of time and probably not till like a later season. I fell off it as a kid before the later seasons. Well, Mike, you got the chance to subscribe to Disney Plus and catch up on it because <laughs> the 90s are coming back, y'all. X-Men is coming back stronger, more beautiful, sexier, I might add, than ever before. Because the X-Men animated series is coming back. Yeah, I, I saw that. I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, uh-huh. it can't get any worse than the, like the very last season of the X-Men animated series. And if it gets like little kids excited about the X-Men again, I'm all for it. Okay. She is in the 90s cartoon somewhere. Yeah, like they, they, had, they did a lot of guest spots and sometimes someone would just like pop in for like five seconds and then again, like not even be named. Like there's a part where like Spider-Man's hand just comes in and webs someone and pulls him away. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> it was a different time, though. It, yeah. it really was. Like with, with this game, I mean, I think one thing that's so like that always kind of grabbed me and I don't think I realize as much as I do now when I replay this, like you end up having... Was it six different characters, I think? Or no, five different characters. Yes, five. Yeah. And, like, they're not... And the, and the way the game starts, they each have their own mission, and each mission is different. Like, you have your attract screen that's going to tell you, oh, hey, you're, you're going to go... Each each mutant is going to go do this and stop this part, because you're, you're attacking the island of Genosha, which I... It wasn't... See, for me, like, Genosha, I remember in the cartoons where Genosha was this mutant paradise, actually, a, you know, slave labor camp, but is this... It was a metaphor in, for apartheid. For what? For apartheid. Like, so it, how would it basically was is mutants would be 
subjugated, kept in prison. I mean, like like this game starts and kind of exploited by uh, people. And there was some some pretty good comic event. Extinction Agenda is the first one that comes to my mind uh, in the early, early 90s. Uh, and so that's what kind of the story is based off here. Um, they added an apocalypse for some reason uh, as a deviation from the from the comics. But ostensibly, Genosha has always been a kind of apartheid metaphor. Okay. I, yeah, I, I was that. Is this how Genosha was in the comics too? Then I assume at this time. Yeah, m- minus uh, minus apocalypse. Yeah, this is it's pretty much spot on that that humans basically would keep and exploit the labor of mutants and and would keep them and hold them captive and and like human well not human I guess mutant rights violations. It, it's pretty messed up. And then throughout the comics in the like later 90s, Magneto basically takes the island of Genosha over and creates a like a mutant island state that ultimately gets nuked by someone in the, the early 2000s. Oh, okay. I, isn't Genosha in the current comic still? No, it's Krakoa. Oh, okay. Yeah, Krakoa is, is, is what it is now. Okay, that's something completely different. All right. And I, I like I never really pay attention to the story in this, in this game. All the times I played it, I, I never the the early part where it tells you all about what you're doing, what each mission is. I've never watched any of that. I always just click the button and play. But the fact that you get to pick five different mutants to start off: Psylocke, Cyclops, Wolverine, Beast, Gambit, and they all have their own level two, which I thought was just so cool. And for me, I always have to start with Gambit because I like Gambit in this game a lot. I like Gambit a lot. I think he's just a cool Gambit's character. Cool. I, I like Gambit, but I, I love the way that the level does. Like, that's what surprised me, because I had never played this game before. My first X-Men video game, because I never even had a Super Nintendo. I had a, a Sega Genesis, so I played X-Men 2 The Clone Wars on Sega Genesis. <laughs> but what surprised me about this game is it it's like Mega Man, in a sense, that you can kind of pick what level to start and do first. My first one was to do Cyclops, because Cyclops is my boy. <laughs> but I, I really like that, you know, the X-Men, they don't play a ton different, but they play pretty different. But the levels are very different and you can t- choose your own order. And I thought, you know, really, it, it was so Mega Man in a sense. And then you could I don't want to say sequence break because you can't like you don't get upgrades or whatever. But no. I just thought it was really, really cool that it gives you some choice in how to approach the game. Yeah, it's why I kind of use like that long description at the beginning, because like this seems like it's like a. A, humunc- a homunculus of like every single one of Capcom's <laughs> like games at the time because you have like the Mega Man character select do the own order layout and then the core gameplay is like two buttons almost like Final Fight is a beat em up but then all of the X-Men's powers are activated by like Street Fighter style button combinations because like this would have came out around the same time as the first X-Men Capcom fighting game Children of the Atom so it's pretty much just like everything packed into like one license package, which is very interesting. I have never been very good at pulling off the moves for the for the, the the Street Fighter moves, essentially. Like I would do a couple that I know by heart, like Mortal Kombat stuff that I know was in the game, but not in this game always. But that but it's cool that it's there. Like I was very bad at it. I could never get their mute. I couldn't get a lot of their mutant abilities off. Like for Cyclops, I had a, I could never get his damn laser off except when he was crouched. I don't know why. It's the only time I could do it. And you can go through the entire game without doing any of that, but it makes it like so much easier because like I also like love Cyclops in this game because like he I pretty much use him for everything because you have like the first five stages and then like the um it's kind of like okay, now you have levels where you can pick everyone, but it's interesting because depending on who you have, you can't get the certain like power ups and bonuses. 
but like I always use Cyclops because I just fight everyone out of range and just constantly spam optic blasts. <laughs> like that's why I beat the the Brood Queen and even oh. Apocalypse. It's just like okay, I'm just gonna keep doing this and doing this until he falls down. I can't let him get close. Yeah, because it, it, it's almost like a fighting game type approach. Except for like the AI in this game, because it, it's not really a fighter. So even though you can go at a distance and keep people at range, it's it, it's almost game breaking because the AI is not good or smart enough to like do what a fighting game would do, which is like you jump up and over, slide under, you know, all, all the things you can do in a fighting game. But this just makes it way more OP. And it makes people like Psylocke or Wolverine, who are much more melee focused, play completely different. And, and I would argue a little bit harder. Yeah, it's like I never use Beast out by like Beast and Psylocke like I didn't use outside of the first levels, except for like I use Beast to like kind of beat Omega Red because you can get over when he does the I'm not hitting you unless you get close whip move like you can jump over him with Beast and just bounce on his head until he dies. So I just <laughs> use that exploit. But that's like the only time I ever use Beast. Like even like I think I use Wolverine like in the last level, which is like and really interesting how they tackle that. I really like how. So, like, this game is single-player, which is weird for, like, an X-Men game, because the X-Men are all about, like, teamwork, and you have, like, the arcade, and even the Genesis games at two-player. But the way this kind of approaches it is, like, like the first, the start of the game, as Mike brought up, is, okay, you're going to Genosha, but if you actually read the story, which is, like, very little, like, all the missions have context where it's like, okay, like, someone's going like gamut's going to like the harbor and like beast is going after the computer and then cyclops is going after the army so it's like okay everyone has like their own role in how they go about kind of liberating genosha here which is what is it's a cool aspect to have that because it gives you motive and i i really did like that like with cyclops we were talking about i i don't like the way that he walks for some reason and he just bugged me a lot in this game like i only use him the one time and i never touch him again but i also couldn't do optic blast very often so that made him not fun at all to play as. Like, Cyclops in this game, and, and so something that we haven't really stated, like, the the character models, and, like, all, all of this is based on the very, like, blue team, gold team, 90s X-Men that you envision when you think about the X-Men. And so, like, Cyclops in this time, when you mention about, like, the way he walks, like, that was just very much Cyclops of the time. The Boy Scout, like, he has a giant stick up his ass and is just, like, just too prim and proper or whatever. Like, the Boy Scout is the way I would describe him. But Cyclops is so much cooler than that. But this is the very 90s, you know, extreme, too cool. Like, you're, you would find this in a Pizza Hut in the 90s. <laughs> and that's just what you got to keep in mind tonally about viewing these characters. And the sprites are huge as well. Like, they take up a lot of real estate. And they're colorful. Yeah. I loved that because so much of what I would consider these kind of like streets of rage or, you know, the the side scrolling beat em ups is some of them are kind of darker. I mean, and that's less so these days. You got stuff like River City Girls, which is super colorful, but the sprites in this game are so colorful and vibrant. And yeah, the like, Wolverine, I think, is probably the most guilty of like being a hulking behemoth and like, Wolverine's supposed to be like five foot four, but the dude's built like a Mack truck. But it's, <laughs> I love the way the sprites are designed. It's just got so much character to it. Wolverine does have a really cool level to where he goes like to a Sentinel factory and then you have to like climb up things because that's his, you know, one of his special abilities. He can climb because, you know, he's Wolverine and got claws. And, and I really like that. Like, I, I like how they did a good job of kind of like making all the characters feel completely different and having their first levels that are very geared towards them. Like, 
climbing around as Wolverine, you're going through the Sentinel factory. Like it was all very cool. And you have a very cool boss too, which is a giant Sentinel in production. And I think you can climb up a spine of a Sentinel in this level too at one point. Yeah. I thought that was so fitting for Wolverine because I mean, that level starts off with him climbing through the sewers, which is so fitting for Wolverine because one of his most, I mean, obviously the most famous X-Men story is the dark Phoenix saga. But there's a portion of that story where he invades the Hellfire Club and climbs through the sewers and works his way up. So I felt that was like, in my opinion, I feel like the people who made this game had a lot of love for the the source material. And so, I mean, that obviously not a huge thing, but I was just like climbing through the sewers as Wolverine. I'm like, hey, I, I know this kind of vibe. <laughs> OK, I did not get that without it. I've never read any of the Claremont, really. So. <laughs> I'm uneducated in that, unfortunately. I don't know. It's just, it's just fun. Like, and I think you can get to break things. I mean, the enemies in this game, at least for the first, most of this game are pretty simple. They're just grunts that you fight. But it wasn't a bad thing. Like, I mean, also one of Wolverine's abilities is you can, like, lunge forward into, like, a claw attack. That's the only one I knew how to pull off. So I just did that constantly. So I wasn't able to get most of his moves. Well, yeah. I mean, Wolverine is just, I think he has, like, a, an uppercut style move, but, like, yeah, it's just like four forward attack because this game has two buttons like B's jump, Y's attack. And that's something that I've always thought about, like, because like there's so many buttons on the Super Nintendo controller that are unused here. So you could have easily had like like Gambit's like throw cards is like X and same thing with Cyclops. But then you'd almost need to put like a cooldown meter or something where it's just like or another energy meter where it's you can't use this because like you would you would be able to break it even more than what you already can so i kind of like how like you have the fighting game move so it, there's some skill involved so you have to like kind of learn how to do that better but then again like if you don't want to i mean it's going to be really hard if you don't know how to do it especially in the later levels like i don't know how you would get past like the later levels and even like like the first of the gambit level like you're fighting a boss and it's like a helicopter and you have to throw your cards upwards yeah this is a very much an instruction manual game. Like, if you don't have the instruction manual, then, like, when you rented it out back in, like, 94, like, you'd be handicapped. <laughs> I figured out point. the one with Gambit. Like, that was one that I was just doing Mortal Kombat moves. Like, I think it's forward, forward, punch, where he'll throw the card. And that's how I figured that out. The same up is up, up, you know, punch and throws the card. And I'm like, okay. So I had no problem with that one, but yeah, I, I can see what you mean. Like that would have been difficult. I think you can jump and hit the turrets for that boss fight, but I can't remember. I mean, you I must be able to because if again, if you couldn't figure it out, like you would have to have some way to do it because you would get to that and be like, "What? I'm just stuck." <laughs> <You're> just <now?"> done. <laughs> I mean, and, and two, while it is complicated, something that I think this game benefits from is doing a lot of what a lot of other games did. I think Blair said that this is a lot like a best of Capcom type game. Because, like, even stuff like, and it just comes to my mind, is, like, when you play as Beast, like, you just, it's like, if you can play Blanca from fucking Street Fighter, you can basically play Beast, and you can just kind of pick it up. Huh, I didn't think about that, but yeah, I mean, it, it's cool that the moves are there, because, I mean, you don't have a lot of beat-em-ups in this era that would have let you do combo moves. I mean, Final Fight 3 did, but that, but this and Final Fight 3 are the only ones I can think of that had that type of mechanic. Streets of Rage 2, maybe? So. People are smarter about Streets of Rage 2 than what I am, because I only came to it later, and people are way better at it than what I am. But I think that had something like that in there, too. Never played Streets of Rage. You should get that on the show. Yeah, I, <laughs> I grew Greg. up on that game. I was really bad at it. Don't think I made it very far at all, but I have a lot of fondness for those games. I've only played the first one. I've never played two or three. I don't really have a thing for beat-em-ups anymore, and 
now that I'm older, unless I'm with like an old, an old friend, then I can play them. Other than that, I have no real interest in them. This is one of the few that I just every so often I like to play this game again because it's well, it's X Men, so it, it it's a little different. I'm not just generic, you know, tough guys. I'm I'm the X Men, and I think that's also something that's so like amazing to me about this game, especially in the '90s, was because you know I got to be you know some of my favorite characters. I know as a kid, I only played this as Wolverine when I got the option to because. I don't know why, because Wolverine was the coolest, I guess. Because <laughs> every 12-year-old boy thinks Wolverine is the best. It's a rite of passage. <laughs> yeah. I, I do want to talk about, like, in, in Cyclops level, you have a boss where you just got to blow up a train, which really isn't a, isn't a boss fight. And then in Gambit, you have a, at the end of it, you have to jump into, you, you blow these turrets that we're talking about off a, off a helicopter, and you jump inside a helicopter and kill a pilot. And that's, like, I like that these stages didn't have bosses because the rest of the game is full of mini bosses and bosses. So it was a nice that you had a couple levels that were kind of quieter. I mean, Cyclops does have guys on bikes that you have to shoot with the optic blast that come flying in that annoyed the hell out of me. But yeah, it was fine. Yeah, I think that's something the 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 first set of levels does really well is it teaches you like the, it, it lets you run around as these characters without the the worry of a boss fight as like difficulty like wall or something. And you're just able to kind of explore these levels, see how the characters play. And then once you get past that, then you're actually challenged by the bosses. <laughs> I also really loved Gambit's like role that he does in this game. I kept pulling it off all the time. I don't know if it's like forward forward something, but there's somewhere where he would like roll attack. And I just loved it. It was just my favorite move to use. I just love the card projectiles. Like one, it like splits into three and it's just really effective, like having a spread of stuff. But I like his his level, I think, is probably my favorite just because it feels so very gambit. Like you're pulling off a heist. You know, he's all about the the thieves guild kind of stuff in the comics. And it's just I don't know. It felt very authentic to his character, even though you're on this island and doing all this military stuff. And like that's a Wolverine too. Is that there's a lot of cool vertical like platforming as well, and like time jumps, which yeah. kind of break up the moment to moment like beat him up action. Is that's what games like this need. Is you got to have stuff to break up that kind of smash a gameplay. Yeah, I feel like Gamut isn't isn't even in that many games in general. Yeah. Oh, he was in like all the X Men games of the nineties. Oh, okay, I mean, he was go. in X Men oh. Destiny too for a little bit when we when we did that game. I didn't do oh, my God. homework, but I started writing like an X-Men book that I never really did anything with. And I actually wrote an appendix of who is in what game. And I'm like, game, it's in more than what you realize. Like okay. Spider-Man and the X-Men, for example, uh. were like Gambit. Like, you can't use a stick. Like, once you run out of cards, you're pretty much dead. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that game so much. That was one of the games that I was so excited to rent and just. To this day, I have I have tried to play it with like save states and cheats, and I still just I fucking hate that game. I hate <laughs> Spider-Man and the X-Men so much. It's a terrible game. But that's another episode. I do want to cover it though, just because I, it's terrible. You hate covered. yourself, <laughs> I, and I want to beat it one day, whether I cheat or not. I want to finish that game. But uh, also with like X-Men: Mutant Apocalypse, like another character we haven't really mentioned yet too much is a uh, Psylocke. I think Psylocke has a is well for me. She was a character I had no idea who she was. And I was too young to care about women at this time, exactly. So I was like, okay, I don't care as a female character. I don't want to play as her. I remember that. I remember that being distinct, you know, a, a thing at the time. But she has a really cool level, too. Like, I mean, she has a mini boss with just some kind of mech. You have a part where the, the, the floor is falling. you got to keep running. And then you fight. She ends her, ends her level by fighting a sentinel. But she just has her. She's just a really cool character in this game. Like, she has, I think, you know, some great range moves with uppercuts and things. And she was also a character I knew nothing about at this time because I, I never saw the animated 
cartoon episode where she's in it because it was I was I was probably off by then. I only watched the first two volumes or so, then I fall off just because I don't know. I just didn't keep watching it at the time. But and I also own the first two volumes of the cartoon and I watched those and she's not in there. So she's later. So she she meant nothing to me. Like I I I also I just didn't like her character as a kid. Now I think she's a badass in this game because she has a lot of different abilities. She has a lot of range move or not range, but a lot of like powerful moves that you can use and like the uppercuts and the combos where she uses where she doesn't use her Psylocke sword, though, which upset me. But she does a fist thing where she charges it with energy and hits them. I mean, that is that is what her powers are. It's a it's the psychic dagger. The uh, what's it called? It, Claremont would write it's the the psychic totality of her power. I forgot how he would phrase it, <laughs> but it's that 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 is what her like. It's a psychic like dagger. It's not an actual like sword like in the uh, Olivia Munn classic X Men Apocalypse from a few years ago. Never seen it. Uh, still not as bad as a lot of people make it out to be. Still not a good movie. It's just messy. But I, I love Psylocke. And again, around the comics of the time, like she's very much front and center. It, she's a character with a ton of baggage, a ton, ton of baggage. But I, I do like Psylocke as a character. Betsy Braddock is like really, really great as a character. But like the comics are, are just she's very much like on the main team now. And, and it's a very new thing. And she's I mean, she was also in the X-Men 2 Clone Wars game I mentioned earlier on the Sega <laughs> Genesis. So it's like. She's very, very popular, and and I'm glad she's included here. I, I wish we had more female characters. Like, I'm sad that, like, it's not spoilers, you're listening to a podcast about this game, but, like, at the end, you you rescue all the characters. Like, and then you get all these great female characters, and I'm like, I want to play a Storm. Let me play as all these great other characters that exist. You get to play a Storm in Spider-Man and the X-Men and swim around. <laughs> we'll save that for a future episode that <sighs> I get to experience this apparently terrible game. Oh, if you never uh, played it, then yeah, we're I've definitely never played it. it. You fire lightning underwater, and it just makes me think of Magneto in the first X-Men, where it's like, oh, yes, launch a lightning bolt into a giant copper conductor. I thought you lived <laughs> in a school. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Well, it's like the- Psylocke, too. Um, she was in X-Men Children of the Atom, which would have came out before alongside this. this, and she was so popular in that that when they did Marvel Superheroes, which brought in, like, Spider-Man, Iron Man... Hulk, like they brought Psylocke over to that game because she was so big in Children of the Atom too. Mm, that's cool. I I only the only time I ever got to know Psylocke as a character and liked her a lot was uh, Uncanny X Force in the comics. That I uh, that first run yeah. it was like I God that I that is probably her best story like storyline oh, just so in general. I mean that that, is, that run by Rick Remender is absolutely incredible. And if you want to know more about that character, uh, definitely pick that up. I actually have the first couple issues. I have a few. I was trying to collect that run. It didn't. It didn't happen. But I bought a bunch of issues of it. Then I started buying Uncanny X Force Volume Two and Three by accident because I couldn't tell the difference at first. I'm like, okay, screw this. But I, it made me really care for that character a lot. Like I had no interest in her really whatsoever. Other than she was in this game and I knew who she was. But after reading that comic, I'm like, okay, she's awesome. Yeah, because like so much in the '90s she's presented as just like she's the hot ninja and like not really given much more depth. And so, you know, at least when, you know, growing up, you look at that and you never really think about her more. But like, if you go back to the runs, like from the eighties with Claremont and, and the more modern stuff, she's a like, there's so much baggage with that character and she's got so much more to her than just being the hot ninja that Jim Lee liked to draw in the nineties <laughs> that it, it really makes that character way, way more worth it. Yeah, I mean they they had the they did like the Marvel swimsuit issues and you had yeah. like Rogue and Psylocke and stuff like that. To be fair, you also had uh, like 
Colossus in a banana hammock. So it was like it was, it, it was like beefcakey for both both genders. But yeah, I, I, what I will say is that she's like very very sexualized as of most female characters in the nineties, and she's in this game too. <laughs> yeah, and then the the only other character we haven't talked about yet from the base is you get Beast, which I do not like Beast in this game at all. I don't like the way he plays. I don't like how he moves. I don't like that he jumps on the ceiling. That's part of his gimmick. I don't like any of it with him. He's I don't like Beast at all as a character, period. I did like his level in the sense that you could climb on the ceiling. I thought that was neat. I, that I, neat. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the way that the way that level's built around his moves, like the first mini boss that you fight, like there's just like these like I think Psylocke uh, and Beast, they have like these kind of mech mini boss. Actually, Wolverine has one too. And but the way they have in Beast level is that you're kind of just like hanging on things and like hitting it, and then kind of moving up and down because it can kind of match your like verticality. And then like after that, there's like a lot of cool platforming bits as you can like latch on the stuff and kind of like find secret one up tokens because there's like three like X cards in every level. And if you get them, you get a spare life because something that's punishing in this game is that you have every character has two lives starting out. You can't earn more. But in like the first opening salvo, you have to beat one level with every character. But if you lose both lives with a character, then it's game over and you have to start over. Oh. But like, like Beast fights a bunch of Sentinels at the end, but he has a move where he can like bounce on heads, and it's pretty crazy that you can just like mow them down with like little to no challenge at all. Because you, you know just, they can't hit you; they just like bounce yeah. on the head. I mean, you get more actually. Also, there's no checkpoints in these levels too. I mean, they're not super long, but as a guy who plays more modern, I mean, I play a lot of retro games, but I cheat a lot. I'm used to games with checkpoints when I do play modern games, and. There are no checkpoints in these levels. You, there is a password system, though, which was common at the time. And what I, I mean, like, this is clearly uh, it feels like a port of an arcade game uh, because it, it, it does have that, like, toned up difficulty. Like, you're not meant to play through all of this. Like, it is meant to be harder, like a lot of the games at the time. But you do unlock, like, passwords. And it's like pictures of various X-Men that I guess you can input. And it takes you to the later stages. I mean, it's. I mean, that was the era, though, with passwords. I just, I didn't like it. I didn't have checkpoints. I kind of. I completely me agree. Yeah, a lot. I don't know. Beast just didn't. Also, with Beast, I just don't. I don't like him in this. I don't think I'm a big fan of the character in general, though. Either. I thought it was oh. really funny how, because I mean, we talked like one of the the best things is the verticality and the upside downness of his level. But can we talk about how? Because when he climbs on the ceiling, like in the comics and whatever in the movies, shout out to Kelsey Grammer. Like he climbs on the ceiling and he's like, he's got his claws dug into the ceiling. Like, but the sprite in the game is clearly just like they, they took it, flipped it 180 degrees and just stuck his feet on the ceiling. And he just walks like normal. Yes. It's, I wish they would have done that a little bit different, but whatever. I can't. It, this was 1994. I'm not going to like backseat game design. Yeah. It's like smart <laughs> user resources. Like why put an extra work when you don't have to? Yeah. I mean, they're already spending enough money on the license. I'm sure so. Yeah, well, I mean, probably not back then, because I've oh. spoken to people like the, one of the creators of Spider-Man and on the PlayStation and Marvel was very hands off. And this was no, no, this wasn't quite the bankruptcy era. I was going to say they were that going was a few years after. But like, I mean, like Capcom had that license from 1994 and 93 all the way up until 2003, I think. Because that's when Marvel vs. Capcom 2 came out and when they lost it. And that's when the movies would have started kicking off. 
And too, like they they didn't need to put a ton of effort to make it good because at at this time anything involving the X-Men was basically a license to print money. Like X-Men number one in 91 is like still the highest selling comic of all time. Like they, they don't need this to be good. It just needs to be good enough. And what I will say is I think this game is good enough. There, there are, you know, it's not a perfect game by any means, but I mean, this is not a bad game for its time. It's still totally worth playing. Yeah. It's it's still fun. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's fairer as I know, like I, like in this era, I only had a Super Nintendo. Like I only got to play a Genesis when my parents went into the city, and I played Sonic Two at a kiosk and at Walmart. But I remember seeing the commercials for X Men on Genesis and just being so angry that I couldn't play that game. And now going back and playing that game, I'm like, okay, no, no, I was spared because that game is <laughs> X Men Two is really good, but it's. I'm glad you're good with save states because you're going to need to get through Clone Wars. That's so true. Yeah, you're going to need 100 lives cheat and you're going to need save states. And X-Men 1 is brutal. And I I think it was because what's interesting about X-Men and Genesis, and I won't get too off topic, is that Bruce Strayleaf, who went on to work for Naughty Dog, worked on that game. And I think he made a comment on Twitter once and he was like, whatever I was doing in this game, it, it doesn't make sense. So, like, I'm glad I got to have this one kind of well, other than Spider-Man, the X-Men, but as a pure X-Men game, like, I'm glad I got this experience, which was tough, but fair, as opposed to just brutally hard. <laughs> yeah. So and then after you finish the first five missions is when you get into the missions where you can choose any character you want. From what I do understand from back in the day, if you lose your lives as a character. After this point, that character just go- locked the rest of the game until you start over, which it, is also, I thought, kind of cool. There's I'm not, there's icons in the Magneto levels. Spoilers, Magneto's in this. It's in the 90s. Where it, there's like an extra live token where it cycles through everyone so you can get them then. But like oh, I don't think cool. they're there until like the last level. Okay. And the first level that you get, after this is freaking miserable. The brood, the brood level where you go to like a jungle camp and they have yeah. the broods here. I, I was don't... just pleased to see the broods. I was like, what a good pull. I was not <laughs> expecting to see the freaking brood in this video game, but I, I was just happy to see them. But yeah, I found like most of the levels in the latter half to be pretty miserable. I mean, it's just really hard. Like the, the broods are always flying around and they hit you in, in annoying ways and they're in your way and they're above you and they're hard to hit. I just did not like, I don't, I don't like, I did not like them in this. I unfortunately don't know enough about them. We talked about this a long time ago, but at some point I still, I need to read that brood arc. I mean, when you, when you look at them, what do you think they are? They're they're xenomorphs. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And like what I didn't like, cause I, I actually, um, cause I find the brood queen, cause I just use Cyclops and jump in the air and just shoot her with optic blast. And it's kind of a joke, but this time, because I play this every now and then because I, I still have my copy or I have a copy rather like I was having a lot of trouble with this level because like the the brood kind of grab you like the the brood spawn like the tiny ones and like they just do this thing where like they stun you for a long time and you're just like mashing the buttons just like trying to escape but like you just have to wait for this like tedious animation to show up and the way they kind of come at you it's like really hard to like line up your hits with them and they're infinite. They don't stop spawning. Yeah. Which is annoying. I mean, I get it, but it, it's, they're just, and the queen brood fight. Oh, that was a fight that like just irritated the hell out of me. Cause I think I did this as 
boring. <laughs> and I did not realize until I was watching a video after, because the root is, is a giant sprite on the right side of the screen with a giant claw that's sticking out that hasn't that has a hitbox that never goes away. And if you're playing this as other, if you don't use Optic Blast because you don't know how and you're not using Cyclops, every time you jump up and hit, try to hit the brood with Wolverine, you're going to hit that claw. And if you don't aim it just right, you're going to get hit. And you don't do very much damage either. Like, I just watched a video where Cyclops, he did just that. He just jumped up, shot him, jumped up and shot him. And that was the end of the brood queen pretty quickly. Yeah, I played that <laughs> level as Gambit. And that made it way, way better because of the the triple shot arc like is is wide enough to catch some of the other boys and still hit the claw and stuff oh it made that level a whole lot easier but i i didn't like that level it, it kind of and this is a weird comparison but it, it reminded me of the dlc for dark souls 3 where that's a weird comparison because so dark souls is much slower than like a bloodborne kind of thing so it's it's just a different kind of game but the dlc for that game like some of the bosses and some of the mobs move like they're in Bloodborne and you feel like you're moving in molasses. And that's what the brood levels felt like that. The little brood grungalungas running around were so much faster and harder to compensate. And I felt like I was moving in molasses that it just like really makes that level really unfun when the brood should be really like the brood are cool. Like I, I like the environment. I like the boss ostensibly, but it's just, I didn't like playing it and a game should never make you feel bad for just playing it. It was just you. You can also break off that claw, which I didn't know that oh. she has that the the unending hitbox. You can break it and makes the fight a lot easier. You're playing a, a close range character. I didn't know that. And that's like hard to do when you're designing essentially because like I use Cyclops and there's something that's that's kind of cool about this level is that if you can get far enough, it's pretty easy to get the three X cards so you can get an extra life. So if you die, you're kind of at a zero sum game where it's like you don't really lose life or game one. But, like, if you use Wolverine, like, there's certain things that you can get to that you can't get with Cyclops. And that's what I like about kind of, like, the later levels. And, like, how hard that must be when you're designing a boss where, like, not only it has to be designed so you can hit it with projectiles, but also if you have a projectile character and don't know, you can do that. So, like, Wolverine Beast or literally anyone, just, like, as, like, a standard brawler boss. Yeah, it, I mean, and that's almost Mega Manny in a way. Uh, one, I do want to compare Wolverine, like exploring levels, as much like Knuckles in like Sonic and Knuckles. <laughs> yeah. You can just like climb up yeah. walls and stuff. That was really cool. But like, it was Mega Manny with the bosses because you, you some characters are better suited for some bosses, and it kind of felt like Mega Man, where like if you sequence break and get some upgrade sooner, it makes other bosses much much easier. And I, I, I like that design. I thought it was really cool. I mean, it, it adds more replay value so that if you want to, you know, fight some of the bosses with other characters that, that you have that option. Then it's the it's it's just a cool it's, it is a cool level, much as I did not enjoy it. But the second level makes no sense to me in this area where you go. It's a very short level where you really just a boss fight where you fight Tusk. I don't know who the hell Tusk is to this day still. Mike, don't feel bad. I don't know who Tusk is. Yeah, okay, I have like every was, issue of X-Men ever. I don't know who Tusk is. He was on a few <laughs> episodes of the cartoon. I remember like a friend of mine, his kid brother had the Tusk action figure. And I did too. Was, like, a, the, I think the, like, the, the little Tusk used to come out of his back. Yes. Like that was really cool. Like that's as much as what I knew. And it just like, for me again, I just took Cyclops in and he was on the other side. I just kept shooting them so he couldn't get close. And then he died. I just don't understand what made them choose this character as a boss fight for you. Like, I mean, I had his toy as a kid because I had almost, I had a ton of X-Men toys. Even though I had no idea who the character were, I didn't care. I just 
loved X-Men. And like I the only way I knew him was this figure and then this game. And I'm and I was just curious, like I don't I still don't and I and I've covered more X-Men stuff since then. Like I've tried to, you know, read some comics, but I still yeah. So okay, I don't feel I'm I'm glad to know that he just doesn't really exist too much. Yeah, like I I pulled up his wiki and, and it sounds familiar. Like it, it looks like he he had been part of a story from the nineties that involved apocalypse. I'm guessing that would be the the one with strife, I can't. It's escaping my brain right now. Executioner's song. Yes, executioner's song. He's part of the. Uh, it says Tusk is part of the Dark Riders. It looks like he's an Inhuman. Which, yeah, all right. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't. I don't know who this person is. I, I feel like I should, but it, it. It seems like the minute anything involving tusks enters my brain, it will immediately evacuate my brain. It just looks like it's Capcom and they're just like giving the X-Men Bible and they're flicking through it and they're like, oh, that thing looks really cool. Like, like Shumagorath is in like Marvel superheroes <laughs> and like, you know, you have so many characters for that game that you can pick from and it's like, oh, but yeah, but I want the tentacle eyeball thing. Like, why? Like, because it looks cool and that's what I want. Yeah, I agree. I mean, he's a character that doesn't really like I don't understand why they had him, but he's here. He's like a big brawly dude. I can see why they like they would want him, but it's just he's not. There's so many other really good character pulls like the brood and Exodus. I thought was a really cool pull from like later that I, like Tusk would not even have registered. Like there's so many like better Marvel villains and better Marvel care like X-Men specific characters that like Tusk would never have registered to even put in this damn game. Yeah, it's just weird to me why yeah, he was in here because I just I never knew who he was and to this day I still like I just don't know him and I'm just like, okay. Other than his toy, I had his figure. That's all I knew about him. Yeah. I don't know where the figure is anymore, but I'm pretty sure it's in the box of my parents' house. But and then the next I like the next level a lot. I think the the next as this is kind of when you're finishing Genosha Genosha and you go through I think you get chased by lava at one point in this level too. I and- hated this level. <laughs> So how did you do it? Because like, okay, whenever I do this level, I can only use Cyclops because if you shoot the optic blast, it kind of knocks down all of the columns of rock at once. So what character did you use going into this? I did it as Cyclops too, because I also found it the only way I could get it, get it done. Wolverine. I did the dash attack where he dashes Uh, forward and that will knock out those blocks pretty quickly. I could see that. I just really like Wolverine in this game because, I mean, okay, or I use Gambit. I can't remember. Either Wolverine or Gambit I used for this level. might have been Gambit, actually. And Gambit's the same way where you do that, like, where he does that twirl. That breaks them too really good. So I think I use Gambit for this. Never mind what I was saying. But, yeah, I just, it, 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 you can break them pretty quickly. I, I don't like level designs in games that have, like, the wall of instant death. Like, Mario will have that, too, and, and tons of games of this era kind of have that. Like, Super uh-huh. Meat Boy has it. I just personally don't like it, mostly because it, it reminds me of like a timed mission and I don't like timed missions in games. And it just it I don't know, it, it's extra punishing in a game where especially with this one, where the movement's not exact. It's not exactly super tight controls because it's a game made in 1994. And I just I really didn't want to battle with a wall of lava. Yeah, it doesn't. It's just there for some reason. I, but I do got to say, I love the sprite of apocalypse in this game like i think his sprite work that they did just i mean one the sprites bigger than you are like he just looks badass he does he does the drill arm he does the spikes on his shoulders like i just i've also been a i'm a huge fan of apocalypse at least back in the day i was 
Like, I want Marvel, because when they inevitably in the MCU in the year 2045, when all of the characters are dead and they're still pumping out movies, that when they do something with Apocalypse, like, this is what Apocalypse should be like. He should be super imposing, a little bit cartoonish, like a megalomaniac. Because what they did in the in the movie from a few years ago, he's like very quiet and subdued, and it was a bummer. But this is exactly what Apocalypse should be like. I thought this was a perfect interpretation. You're spot on about the the sprite work. It's just it, it's a perfect boss fight for a game that really I don't know why Apocalypse is here, but God, I loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> I think yeah. he was like the toughest boss in the entire game, like because I basically have to get him in a certain position. And, like, I can't let him get close. I'm just, like, constantly spamming optic blasts. So, yeah, like, I had to do that, too. Because if he gets his drill on you, he just, like, annihilates your health. Yeah, and I, like, that, I was, like, one hit from death when I, like, downed him. It was it was a close one. I just, I've always liked Apocalypse. I, I, I tried reading the original X-Factor stuff that he's in, but I couldn't get anywhere. God, it's it's just a totally different vibe, different character. Oh, it's tough. Yeah, I, it's... It's bad. I don't want to say it's bad. It. It's it for like you when you read those old comics from the seventies and eighties. Like you really do have to keep in mind that it was a very different type of comic back then. And, and even when Apocalypse was first introduced in X Factor, like they didn't know. Like wh- when he was first introduced, he was supposed to be the Owl. And then later on, when the Archangel stuff happens, that's when he actually became Apocalypse as we know and love him. But I mean, now I mean there there are tons of good character like with apocalypse now like there there's 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 some good character work there and really if if you want to get into the x-men and and learn more about kind of apocalypse now if you want to learn about apocalypse now shout out to that movie you should read like house of x powers of 10 because apocalypse is such a good character these days mike are you there apparently i muted myself at some point (laughs) i don't know how but it, it muted me apparently okay what I was saying is I have always liked Apocalypse. Like I liked him in the cartoon. I mean, even though he's really campy in that cartoon and he's not like, I probably not a very good like description of him, like the way they do it in that cartoon. But that was where I was introduced to him. And I just thought he's such a cool character. I think he's like, isn't he a shapeshifter too in the cartoon? Yeah. He can like change his atoms and stuff. There, there's his powers are kind of ambiguous. He's, he's whatever, whatever the plot needs him to be is what he is. Okay. But I mean, I, I was first introduced to him by the, the cartoon as well. And I thought back then he was awesome because he again, he's super big and super imposing. And that's exactly what Apocalypse should be. But we just haven't seen that in the movies yet. <laughs> and we're One not day. going to, I don't think, anytime soon. I mean, OK, I do think the X-Men are coming in the MCU. I think it's coming a lot sooner than we think. I think that's... I don't know how they're going to do it at this point. Like. Where have they been this whole time? Like, I'm guessing they're going to go in the multi-dimensional idea. Yeah, I think the way it would have to be done is is alternate universe stuff, which yeah, because I guess is fine. I just want good X-Men movies. I mean, unless so. you do something with like you know Wanda, where mutants exist, and all of a sudden there's mutants. I mean, you. I don't yeah, know. I don't, I don't want them to be created by some like MacGuffin of the Scarlet Witch. I, I mean, I thought that's what they were going to do, but I, I'm glad they haven't done it yet. I mean, I don't I don't know yet, but. It's going to I don't want them to be created that way, because the whole point of mutants and why that metaphor is, is so good is that, like, it's a natural evolution that they have like mutants have been around all this time. And, and to have them be created by some MacGuffin like that basically makes them into the inhumans. And it's just I don't know, it weakens the metaphor in a way that I hope they don't approach it, because I, I think the X-Men metaphors is something that's important and something that really is like core and central 
to the whole fucking story of the X-Men is that they try and save a world that hates and fears them. That's that's the whole tagline. Yeah. Well, I mean, it seems like we're going to have our first taste if you watch the trailer for Doctor Strange. I don't know anything. I've not watched any trailers for anything. I like to go into these things blind. I've still not (laughs) even seen uh, the Spider-Man movies because I don't really like Tom Holland all that much. I like I, I I need to catch up. I need to watch them. I'm I'm excited if they're going to start introducing X Men stuff. I very much want it. You haven't seen No Way. You haven't been, you haven't seen No Way Home. And you haven't been spoiled in No Way Home. Oh no, I've been spoiled by No Way oh, Home. Okay. But like okay. I don't like Tom Holland very much, and I I don't want to watch. Like this is the problem if you've like dipped out of the MCU is that I have to watch like nine movies and like four TV shows all just to like catch up. Not and really. It's just, I still want to do you can it. if you're only interested in certain characters, you can skip certain things like certain uh, shows. I yeah, disagree. You, I, first, I disagree because if you're, if you're going to watch what Dr. Strange 2, Wanda's going to be in that. Right. So you got to watch WandaVision, which means you got to you got to watch Endgame and Infinity War, which means you got to watch a bunch of other stuff. You should watch those two anyway. But <laughs> how far I mean, behind are you? I have gone back and rewatched them fairly, fairly recently, but still, I uh, you don't. You don't need to see Spider-Man: Far From Home. Just see Spider-Man: Homecoming and see Spider-Man: No Way Home, and you you can skip Far From Home. That movie is garbage. What like what I want, and and this is just a disagreement I have, and this is super off topic, but this is, this is the last I'll say about it. It's like about the way Disney has handled like the Marvel movies and and Star Wars in particular is that. What I want is good individual stories that are like pretty disconnected. Like like Shang-Chi is probably my favorite MCU movie like right now because it's fairly disconnected. There are some connections which are which are fine, but like it's a strong story on its own. And how they've kind of handled everything is is they they plan these stories out in the big picture, but the individual stories that they tell are weaker because you know they're they're trying to paint this big tapestry and it, it just it weakens the individual story, in my opinion. And it's even worse in a post-Peacemaker world. <laughs> I've still not even watched that show. I didn't oh, watch any of it, but I know what you're talking about. I, I, made it, I made it through half of the Suicide Squad, thought the movie was bad, and stopped watching. I saw it, and I was like, oh, this is fine, but Peace Walker is, or Peacemaker, I keep saying that because I guess we did a Metal Gear show a couple weeks ago. But like, Peacemaker is one of the greatest shows I've ever seen in my entire life. John Cena is Solid Snake. But like John Cena, well, yeah, it's like getting off topic of man, you show that guy is a force in that show. I need to watch it now. Like I, I wasn't that interested in it because I just didn't give a shit. Because I mean, I did enjoy the Suicide Squad, but I just didn't care. And people keep talking about. It. I'm like, okay. And then I saw the the cameo thing that you're mentioning at the very end, and I'm like, okay, maybe I should just watch this for the hell of it. And I have HBO Max, so why not? Oh, and back to X-Men Mutant Apocalypse. One thing... <laughs> Speaking of John Cena, let's talk about this game from 1994. <laughs> uh, I, I, I liked it that you have two levels here, which are just danger room levels to prepare you for attacking Asteroid M. I think it's Asteroid M, right? Or is there something else in this? Yeah, it's, a, it's okay. Asteroid M. Yeah. And the first fight you do is you fight Omega Red, a character that... I don't think, I mean, I know he was in an, in the X-Men cartoon. There's a really good episode with him, and I remember that. Well, maybe it was good back when I was a kid, but I liked it that he was included in this game. I just didn't understand why exactly, but it's cool that he's there. Was he a, was he a big villain at this time in the comics or, like, yeah. known? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah like, he, through, he's through in the Children of the Atom. He's in the roster of Children of the Atom. He's in NBC, too. Okay. I just, I vaguely remembered him. I mean, I know he's a Russian, like, he's a Russian weapon, essentially, right? Like, he's what His- happened... Shout out to his pa- like his powers. His powers, and this is canonical, is a mutant death factor. It's just so 90s and extreme. He's like 
he's a personification of all the like what we look back now as silly, campy, dumb '90s comic stuff. I, I have fondness in as much as. I like the way that it's introduced with it being a danger room level. I, I, I'm glad the danger room is a is a thing in this game because it's very very center to what X Men is about, and and the fact that they pulled you know Omega Red and Exodus is a part of that. I was I was very on board with. And the fact that when you're fighting Omega Red and Juggernaut, who's the second boss, oh. like the the background just change too. Yeah, like it will just change during the fight, which I thought was a nice touch. Okay, and that sprite for Juggernaut, because I've never played Show in the Atom, so I did not, I wouldn't have known of it at, at this time. I know what it is now, and, and I've seen the sprite. But, like, this sprite to me, when I first saw it, I was like, man, this is Juggernaut. Like, this is so cool. I still am a big fan of this character. I haven't read any comics or anything. Any, you know, I just like the way he looks. And I remember as a kid, I, I had his I had his figure. I had two figures of him. I had the one from the X-Men line with Apocalypse Archangel and the first one. And then I had, it was a Toy Biz. And I had the another one later on where he was just a massive figure. But I lost his helmet. I remember always being upset about that. It was something where he could light up or something. I just remember being a super cool figure. I love Juggernaut. He, he's, he's awesome to me in this. Yeah, Juggernaut's good. I, he, he, much like the Sentinel stuff, is if you use Beast, which I did when playing this one. It just makes it so easy. You just jump on his head and he's dead. Oh, I never thought about doing that. I did that for Omega Red because I was using Cyclops at first, but it wasn't that much luck. And I was like, I'm pretty sure this is what I normally did. And then I tried Wolverine and like with Omega Red 2, it's like when he grabs you with his tentacles, like he'll suck away your health and he'll get power back. But that, yeah, that's why I was like, well, maybe I'll try Beast. And I just like could leap over because like Omega Red just kind of stands there and it's like waves his hand as if he's a kid. He's like, I'm going to start punching. And if you get in the way, it's your own fault. But I used to use Beast to like just kind of jump over that and just bounce on his head and kind of took him down like a chump. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I really hate the next level. I mean, it's only one level depending, but I don't know if you guys noticed as I did just because I killed off one. I died and then I redid as a different character. That the levels actually, so Asherah M is a little bit different depending on which character you pick. It changes. Interesting. Each one has a different little level with a different little mini boss at the end to get to Magneto. So if you if you play as one character and say, okay, I want to play as someone else, it won't take you back to Magneto. It'll make you do a, a different level. And I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, what is interesting too is like if you get Exodus to half power and then do someone else, that when you reach him with the second character, half of his life will be gone. You can kill him. That's a good touch. Also, Exodus, I had no idea who this character was back when I played this game the first time, and then I played this game this time. I still have no idea who this character is. He's he's like, it's like his mutant power is being a prick. He's, he's <laughs> just like from the 90s. He's very 90s. He was like all in the comics around the 90s and, and as an acolyte of Magneto around this time. Because like, I mean, around the comics with Exodus and what Magneto's doing he kind of starts like a space cult. I don't know. It gets a little weird, but it, it's it. You know, I like I like him as a character, but Exodus is like again one of those characters that is definitively '90s and is dated to the '90s. There's not real. <laughs> there's no modern story that that makes him a good character. He just is the '90s. Does he still show up in comics? Yeah. So he is. Um, I, spoilers, I guess, for modern X Men stuff is nah. so there's. Krakoa, the island, uh, and they have a council full of of important mutants, and so you know Xavier, Magneto are, are on there, and and you know Storm, Jean Grey, all all those characters you would expect. But the villains also, well, I guess, quote villains have a seat at the table as well. Mister Sinister, Magneto's there, Exodus is also there, and so I mean Exodus is still not a 
he's present. It's not like there's a book that that really explores Exodus as a character, though. But he is present. He's still a, a okay. he's still around, but n- nothing that gives him any kind of character depth. He's just one of those characters. Like I had no idea who he was. I mean, I had his figure, but I hadn't. I just didn't. I just I was like, who the hell is this character? Like, why why is he here? Like, I just didn't understand. I didn't care too much. I mean. I was never I never got to this level as a kid. I could never get this far into the game when I did play it. Never good enough. But it was just cool to me that it's different. Like with Gambit, I know you fight uh you fight a machine that, that makes you fight each of the other characters and like clones them. That's cool. Yeah. And I, I don't remember I don't remember what the other one is. I did it as Gambit and I did it as I think I picked Cyclops first by accident, and I didn't and then I got rid of him because I was unhappy. But I can't remember like what his level was. I don't think I used Psylocke or Beast like Cyclops. Like I did Wolverine. Wolverine, you have to like kind of climb up a uh, wall, and there's like lasers going up either side, so you kind of have to like wait in the middle for the lasers to go by, and then the like the final boss is like there's a like as a core in the middle, and there's a bunch of platforms spinning around, so you kind of have to like get on one and hit it, and also avoid lasers. It's kind of easy, but kind of annoying at the same time. Cyclops, I think I made the Exodus, but I couldn't beat him because I thought he was annoying because he would kind of just like hang in the air and just like come down, swoop you and grab you up. And it's like, that's one thing I don't like about this game is a lot of attacks like that will grab you and it just takes too long for the animations to play out. So I don't think I made it to the final boss, but I think, yeah, I did Gambit and Wolverine because I can only beat Magneto with Wolverine. The Magneto fight is super fun. I really, really enjoyed that. I thought... It's a little out of nowhere that Magneto's are just involved in general, but I mean, such is the state of X-Men media. But I really, really enjoyed that fight. It was a little tough, but it was it was good. What I I like about it was like, yeah, it's it's annoying. Like that, like I had to basically do like a hit and run strategy with Wolverine. Like he like Magneto kind of has a shield and floats around the arena and then like he'll grab a bunch of girders and throw them at you. So. Like, he would gather the girders, and I would kind of get ready to do, like, the claw dash, and it would kind of, like, clip through that, and then I would just hit him. Like, I would do, like, a tiny bit of damage, and then just retreat into the corner, and that's how I did it. I did it using Beast, because you can jump on one of the girders, and as they fly at you, you kind of keep jumping on them. (laughs) And again, it just cheeses the game. It really does. Like, as much as I don't like Beast as as a character, like, he makes this game a whole lot easier. I just hate this Magneto fight because he's invincible so much. And I didn't know this until this playthrough. He has an attack that kills you in one hit no matter what. That's Even BS. if you have a cheat code in for infinite health because you're frustrated, he still <laughs> kills you in one hit, by the way. But what is interesting, though, is like if you get to him as a gambit and do like bring him to an inch of his death and then die and then do someone else, when you reach Magneto, like he'll still be within an inch of his death. That's yeah, pretty good. He doesn't he doesn't regain life in between deaths. Like so the game kind of expects you to use up multiple characters that you've been getting life throughout the game to take out Magneto. So, I mean, that that is nice that it's there because this fight is hard as hell and stupid. Uh, it's it's just it's a really bad final boss fight, in my opinion, or final or just boss fight in general. I really don't like it. It's just so out of nowhere for me. Like, had Magneto been involved maybe in the beginning or something, like if he showed up at the beginning and there was a reason for him existing, but it just kind of comes out of nowhere that he's just like showing up and like, hey, I'm going to ju- destroy Genosha now. Bye bye. Uh, it just seems weird. But like you said, it's the 90s. Yeah. Like, he's got to be included. I feel like every X Men game, I mean, he's going to be involved somewhere, but just, I, I don't know, as the, the ultimate climax, I, I felt like the climax of the actual game itself is beating Apocalypse. Like, that's the whole the whole thing, and then it's just, oh, nope, go beat Magneto now. 
It yeah, just it kind of throws me off a little bit. Like, I mean, especially I mean, for me as a kid, I didn't realize it. Now I'm looking back at it. I'm like, yeah, I mean, the game is called Age of the Apo- you know Age of Apocalypse. Like, why not just have Apocalypse villain? Yeah, he's on the cover. His name is in the title, and it's just like I guess it's a surprise where it's like, oh, you're done, but not really because here is like these other bosses, even though they're just kind of danger room simulations. And like, I mean, Magneto is just. But he's the force, like, even for people, because, like, the X-Men for me mostly was through cartoons and video games, so, like, Magneto, him being there was thus not something I really batted an eyelash at. It's something that I've grown to really appreciate in games is, like, games that know proper pacing and when to end. Obviously, this is a pretty short game in general, but it really should have ended. And there's probably, I don't know, should have been more beefed in the middle to ultimately get to apocalypse it being at the end, but uh, I don't know. It just, it, it felt so tacked on it, almost like a teaser for a next game or something. Not, not, not my favorite. Well, it's almost like too, where for a game based on a comic book and one of the most popular, populated, popular animated series of all time, like the storytelling is pretty clumsy. Like there's a setup at the beginning, which most people just skip where it's just like, okay, these people are being held hostage at Genosha, we have to go do something about it, and then Apocalypse is like, okay, I'm going to use these people, and maybe the X-Men will be my new acolytes when you beat him, and then Magneto is like, oh, no, no, I'm going to take these guys, and it's all very, like, jumbled. It doesn't really gel together. It's just like things are in there, but they're not really put in cohesively. It's just there because, okay, we have this license in these characters, and like they have context for like a Omega Red and Juggernaut where they're just like simulations, but like they they could have been like part of the plot or like Apocalypse's horsemen or something, even though they weren't in the comics, just for the sake of this game. I mean, something more would have been cool. But I, guess I mean, some, something like more that too. relates to the the plot in general. Yeah. I, I agree. I mean, if far be it for me to like say that this like beat em up game from the 90s needs to have like an airtight plot like i'm not i'm not going that far but like at, at the bare minimum i would just like it to make sense and and that's just part of the game that's just like it didn't really make sense but and and that's fine like it, it didn't take away from my overall enjoyment of the game but it just was like very much felt out of place and the only thing so- i wish this game had is I wish i had archangel but that's because i'm a huge fan of archangel I wish this game lets you play as the like. So at the end of the game in the credits roll, you rescue the other team of X Men. What I wish this game had is that after you do that and beat it, you get to play as other X Men and get to play the game with them. Like that would have been great. I guess like yeah. the thing about it is like the levels weren't designed really for flying. Yeah, it's like you would have to kind of like re like make the entire levels to have like, like the cast they have is very much like these are people who are on the ground because you had a character who could fly like storm or rogue or archangel like you can pretty much just like hover over everyone and you know kind of just rain fire from above and not really deal with like any of the enemies on the ground that's true i mean and yeah i mean really like three out of the five people who were rescued we're all like for we're flyers. I mean, you got Jubilee and Bishop in there as well. But yeah, you're right. It's it's not designed for flying in mind as much as we want to say Wolverine is Knuckles. There really should not be a Tails person <laughs> in this game. Yeah. All right, any other things you want to say about this before we go on to questions, comments and memories? I mean, just in general, my thoughts is is like pretty positive on this game. 
I, I'm glad I played it. I, for someone who had no nostalgia, like revisiting it as as someone who's 32, like I, I had a good time. I'm really glad that I, I found someone that had no experience with this game. So I really want to play with an arcade stick because I uh, I have the Marvel vs. Capcom arcade one-up cabinet, and it has this game's kind of pseudo-sequel, Marvel superheroes and War of the Gems. And I played through that with an arcade stick, and it was surprisingly playable. So I'm just like really definitely curious to see what that game will be like or this game will be like if it would be any easier or harder with an arcade stick. I have never played that game for some reason. Like I've started it, but never gotten far. It's essentially it's this only the way the game is designed is that the like it has five levels and then like an interlude and then more levels. But unlike this, where it's like, okay, this is the Psylocke level. This is the beast level etc it's like you can use any character for any level so it's like oh if you want to use spider-man here you can and you can climb up here but if you use hulk like you kind of have to brute force your way through all these enemies it's on my list to one day finally play this game but we'll see i just don't know <laughs> but it's always been on my list all right and to go to questions comments i got a few first from the i watch the entire overload super replay group from aj gonzalez i remember this game was hard like it looked like a super fun brawl time but right off the bat it was difficult no matter who you pick to start off with yeah that's right yeah <laughs> from bruno marchland loved this game pretty much the best x-men game of the 16-bit era the special moves are even easy to figure out if you played stuff like street fighter 2 i mean what else do you have in this era what x-men for genesis uh you had spider-man x-men which is garbage well, you had Uncanny X-Men for Nintendo, which is best not spoken of. Um, <laughs> uh, there was X-Men 1 and 2 on Genesis. There was two or one or two Game Gear games. Two. There was X-Men 2 Fall the Mutants on PC and another X-Men game on PC. I can't remember its name. And Madness and Murder World. And then there was Arcade's Revenge and its various incarnations. Are they, are they bad? They're it's it's surprisingly interesting because I have like Spider-Man the X-Men, I have all the versions. Like I have the Game Gear game, the Super Nintendo game, the Genesis game, and the Game Gear game and Game Boy, and they're all a little different. Are any good though? Some are easier than others, but none are great. Okay. Yeah. I yeah, so I mean this is what you know, so you look at the time, this is probably one of the best this is the best of the era, I think. What I played at least so far in sixty minute era. X-Men two came out the year after this too for Clone Wars. Yeah. And from Steve Luziter, this was a solidly legit game. It looked great, played smoothly, and offered exactly the right amount of fan service. I agree with that. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I got a lot of comments from this group from the official Laser Time community. I can't read them all, but I'll read some. Uh, Chad Hembrock, I really enjoyed this game in Spider-Man and X-Men Arcade Revenge. Played the hell out of those as a kid. How did you enjoy Spider-Man and the X-Men? I, I got nothing. <laughs> oh, I mean, be, like, hey, I, if I, he I, likes I, that game, he's going to be very disappointed in the in the discussion. Oh. Because it's one of those things, like, for example, like, when I was a kid, I don't know why, but, like, I never saw the James Bond Jr. cartoon show, but I had the toys, <laughs> and I got the Super Nintendo game, and it wasn't great, but, like, I have fond memories of James Bond Jr. because I had it. So if you were a person who, like, got Spider-Man the X-Men for Christmas or a birthday present or, like, you just saw an ad in a magazine, you're like, whoa, 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 there's Spider-Man and the X-Men, and then just bought it, and it was all you had. Like so you, you're forced. Yeah, it's like Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> you're just like, or maybe not that. But just I like, don't know. I gave it pretty bad. It's good. Yeah. 
All right. And then from Rob McDowell, talked about this game in the last Podokin episode. I played the hell out of it. It was part of a three-game licensing deal between Capcom and Marvel that they signed after releasing The Punisher. The other two games are X-Men, Showing the Atom, and Marvel Superheroes. This one had some great character-specific environment that highlighted their powers, like Wolverine climbing walls with his claws. Yeah. Uh, from Jason Flint, I own two copies of this game. As the first copy I got didn't work from a rental store. I really didn't like that the mutant powers were combination of buttons a la Street Fighter, so I pretty much only played the practice mode where they were a single button press, but your progress was halted before the end. I hated that in games back then, when they would do that. Yeah. You play it on easy and you can't play the whole game. Yes, I have like the Punisher and Second Genesis, and it's just like, if you put it on easy, you get to like level three or four, and the Kingpin's like, well, if you want to beat me, we'll play on normal. Ooh. It's a good game, from what I remember. Uh, from Lee Hall, wore this card out growing up. Amazing, this was the beat em up with the Street Fighter inputs added, not say a Final Fight sequel. Final Fight 3 did have uh, button presses, by the way, for those that don't know. Uh, Greg Moore, always wanted to play this. That first Genesis was a real bad time. <laughs> from Josh Shoop, oh lord, played the hell out of this game growing up. My dad, brother, and I would race to see who could beat it the fastest. And yeah, from I mean, this is a game that you can really race through and probably finish in less than an hour. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you can beat it, yeah. And from Trey Johnson, I played the shit out of this. I still rock to the soundtrack. It's so good. That is true. It's not something we really got into. Like, it's like true of many Capcom games of this era where you could buy. Well, I mean, if you could get a soundtrack of it over here, <laughs> like, I, I like to have it. Yeah. I don't know if the soundtrack was ever released for this. I'm assuming not because of Probably the era. But. In Japan, maybe. Like, I, I bought a soundtrack to Marvel Superheroes on CD before Christmas from eBay. So you never know. Oh. Yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff was released over time, just didn't come to America a lot of times. Yeah. I do have soundtracks from Japan. I have Final Fantasy VII soundtrack and Final Fantasy X-2 soundtrack somewhere. Can I, like, make a confession? Is something that in, like, the, I don't know, what are we, like, Phase 3, Phase 4, like, the Phase phase, 4? Phase 4 Eternals level of the pandemic, like, hobby I've gotten into is buying video game soundtracks on vinyl. And I would buy this soundtrack in a heartbeat if I could. I have spent sure. way too much money that I'm like not comfortable disclosing in public on, <laughs> on all these video game vinyls. But like Final Fantasy, I just got a Donkey Kong Country in like yesterday. I, I would buy this soundtrack in a heartbeat and like a bunch of other games from the SNES era. I adored this soundtrack. And it's something that has made me pay attention to soundtracks and games as I play them now. Cause I used to play games and just put them on mute and, and listen to podcasts or watch a I TV show while I'm playing. But like, I'm very cognizant of music now in games and God, I was very on board for the music in this one. I played it mostly mute, but it's okay, Mike, I forgive you. <laughs> and from the super Nintendo super group, uh, Shane Hoosman, great game could only finish it with Wolverine. Oh, here's a, here's an interesting comment from Andre are this, this the music was made by the same guy who did the Mega Man X soundtrack? Oh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> God, talk about a soundtrack that fucking slaps Mega Man yeah. X. Let's go. I should have did some more homework because I I've been like something I'm really fascinated in is learning about the people who made these games back in the day because like so little knowledge is known, especially for in like in Japan. There's like every nugget of knowledge I can find about the Capcom license games, like I soak up because I just love like Marvel vs. Capcom is one of my favorite games of all time. But there was someone at Capcom who was like they called him like the Marvel guy or something. Like he he was the one who pushed for this big Marvel initiative to get all these licenses. And like I would love to learn about like 
how this game was made, who like made the soundtrack, what like the process was like. But you get the stuff like Mario, but like people probably there's not enough clamoring for like a licensed game from 1994. Like they would do a big deep dive unless I learned Japanese or something and had a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) And from Felix Salberry, the input commands for each character are fluid and help mix up the beating of them up. You feel like Wolverine charging through and cutting down your enemies or Cyclops optic blast. Just got just got to time it right. Such a fun pick up and play. And then from the last group, I have the official group. Just because we love the X-Men, I got one comment from Derek Davis. The music gets to me. Awesome soundtrack for an SNES game. Completely agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that will bring us to our, our last segment, Shelf Stack or Box. And Jake, why don't you go first? I think I'm going to put this one on the stack. It, I don't, it's it's not it's not something I'm going to put and, and look at all the time. I mean, if we're just talking like game box art, I think the cover art is great enough that it, it, it could go on the shelf. But I think it's just going to go on the stack. Totally worth playing. Well worth, again, if you're good at these kinds of games, like an hour of your time or me, it was like a couple hours. But yeah, t- totally worth playing. I would I would love for this to get re- like this in games of its ill on like the Switch or like an eShop which I realize is probably never going to happen. No. Uh, but like, I, I would love a more modern take on these kinds of games. Like we, I wish Disney would like go to an indie studio that makes these kinds of games and ask them to, to make one in the modern. And like, you know, it doesn't have to be a long game, you know, three, four hours less than that, maybe. And, and in a more modern system, sell it for 15 bucks. I, I feel like people would be all about that. Oh yeah. It would sell. I think it is. Yeah. As I mean, you have a like shredder's revenge last year and, like that trailer came out of nowhere and even like Neil Druckmann and a bunch of people from Naughty Dog and everyone was like, I can't believe they're making this new Turtles game. So like I, someone from Marvel had to see that and be like, we have to go and make like an X-Men game and as like, or a Spider-Man game. And like, as far as it's being re-released, like I don't really know because like, I would say like the ROM is lost, but like it's on the arcade one up machines and all of those yeah, like all those games are, and like so, Capcom is like somehow someone is figuring out like the licenses to re-release these things legally. And as I know, like it's kind of in this era where it's like X Men and Children of the Atom and Marvel versus Capcom and X Men versus Street Fighter. There's like Maximilian Dude, who's like a big um, fighting game personality. Like he started a, a hashtag last year, free MVC two to get MVC two re-released. And then Mike Micah, who is at Digital Eclipse, like kind of did an interview where he said, like, like they're having talks and now to possibly wow. get something like that happening. And when you look at, say, like, like the Star Wars things that are happening. So you have like, like Limited Run is putting out like Shadows of the Empire and Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. And I guess those were all done by LucasArts. So it's less tracking down licenses and things. But I mean, it could happen. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. You just need to have someone who's like a big champion in for it. Because I think right now Marvel's big focus is like we don't care about the well in the games section. It's like we don't care about the past because like every game they've had set maybe for like Avengers has been like this prestige release. Like you had like Miles Morales <laughs> and Spider Man and Guardians of the Galaxy. Notable, notable release: the Avengers game. Yeah. <laughs> I want to play that so bad. I own it. I just don't have time. Just play the story. Don't worry about all the fluff. Just oh, play like the the main campaign isn't long. And just play like the two Hawkeyes and Black Panther and just put it away. That's yeah, all I that, want to do. I wouldn't, to do it. I wouldn't do any of the grinding. I don't have time for that or care. I have enough no. games to play. 
But yeah, it's on my list. I, I have it sitting in front of my PS4. I just have yet to bother to sit down and try to play it. But that's because podcast. <laughs> so, all right. And what about you, Blair? Shelf stacker box. Oh, I would definitely put this on this shelf. Like I take this down. Like I, I have a copy. Uh, I play this uh, on my Retron Five, so I played it somewhat legitimately. I just played it on a clone system. Because I always find an excuse to take down this game and play it. Like I was so happy that I got to do this show because it just gave me an excuse to just go play Mutant Apocalypse for like a night. Because I like my favorite Marvel games are the Capcom series. Like from this up until. MVC two and even three and infinite like I do there's something about them like how they look how they sound like the crunch of like the punches and like just dashing through people as Wolverine that's just like it feels and sounds so good and yeah I mean it's not terribly long but I don't think it needs to be like it's as long as it needs to be without overstating it's welcome I can agree with that and yeah I'll go last I'm also gonna put this on the shelf I mean I I enjoy this game it's something that it also means a lot to me nostalgic wise because I played it a lot as a kid and I was never good at it it wasn't until I think a couple years ago before the podcast I actually beat it for the first time where I used save states and finally finished it but it's just one of those games that's always meant so much to me and I'm I'm, it's also been meant to be on the show for a long time i just never i didn't i just never did it i kept changing it out but it's been on my list to put on the show for years since the show started so i'm so glad we got to finally cover it so yeah going on the shelf and i'm glad it, i'm glad it exists and blair where can people find you at you can find my work at comicbookvideogames.com there's a link at the top that has a review games index and i'm sure this is down there somewhere i think i reviewed this along with a bunch of other apocalypse themes games when x-men apocalypse came in a few years ago you can find me on Twitter at Blarcade, and you can also check out comic book video games on Facebook as well, where I post like pictures of like say the two Gotham Knights figures I just bought on Friday. <laughs> okay. Oh, and speaking and the last thing I do want to say, for some stupid reason, at some point I want to cover in a mini episode X Men Reign of Apocalypse for Game Boy Advance. I have it. I have the strategy guide. Which it looks awful and I just someday I wanna play it and do a mini on it just because X Men. I love so, and if you enjoy, and if you do want to hear more X Men, we got only if there's not a lot of X Men, but there's a few X Men episodes for you to listen to. Once I pull it up, oh my god, you really weren't kidding about how bad this game looks. Oh no, my watch gosh. Uh, look up Rogue. Yeah. Look up the way Rogue Ooh. walks. Y'all, so, uh, X Men Days of Future Past, Comic Twenty Nine, X Men oh, Night oh, of the Sentinels Pilot Test One. X-Men Destiny, episode 124. X-Men God Loves, Man Kills, comic 21. X-Men vs. Arcade, comic 7, where we covered the brief where they fight Arcade and the early stuff. Yeah, that story arc. So definitely go check all that out. And oh, and I should talk about what we're going to talk about next week. Next week, we are finally finishing Bioshock. We are covering Bioshock Infinite, finally. We're going to finally play that game. game. I'm enjoying it. Not as much as I thought I would, but I'm enjoying it. It's good. I still think the first one is my all-time favorite of that series, but God, what a a great series. Yes, it it still holds up. And I think that's... Oh, and and please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. If you want to support the show, we have a Patreon. For as little as a dollar, you can go vote in our Patreon poll that we have each month. Right now, it is for Spider... Well, actually... When this came out, I don't know what the poll will be because I think the poll will have nope. It, we still have a couple days to vote in the spider the spider poll, and right now Amazing Spider Man and Venom are winning, so you get to choose what we're going to cover. So definitely go check that out for as little as a dollar. You can go vote. And I want to give a shout out to my awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Hasphere. You can follow her on TikTok. She made our music. 
Want to give a shout out to my buddy Bill Tucker, who did all the MCU movies, and we covered all of that insanity. Uh, he started his own podcast, The Gamer Looks at 40, so definitely go check him out. And I think that's everything I need to say. So we will see you guys all next time. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye.